Hello and welcome to Broadband, a segment that is part Feed Your Soul and part Food for Thought. It features personal reflections and information about some of the great things going on in the community because you need to take care of yourself in order to take care of the world. On today's segment, an interview with a holistic wellness coach, but first, Nancy Alder returns with Bringing Myth to Life. This month, she reflects on renewal. Spring is a threshold between the darkness of winter and the brightness of summer. It is a time of frozen earth thawing and of what has hibernated awakening. It is a time to release what has decayed and invite what is to come. Shedding the layers of warmth where we hunkered down at our hearths leaves many of us trembling with the fragrant thrill of rebirth. For some of us, however, winter endures despite the lengthening days. It clings to us because we are taught to defy the rhythm of nature itself. We are told to hold our darkness in solitude or to deny it altogether. We are congratulated for staying uplifted and overcoming our fear and grief with the steady force of our inner resolve. But nature shows us that winter and summer die into and are born from each other in an infinite cycle, just as our lives shift from inner to outer, sorrow to joy, in continuous inhale and exhale. The flourishing of all life depends on the interplay between the sun, the blossoms and pollinators, grazers and scavengers. We, too, were never meant to rely upon ourselves alone. Our ancestors understood that suffering was never an individual or private affair. When a community member was called to an inevitable ordeal, they had the strength of the ancestors and elders behind them. And when they returned home, they were welcomed in warm celebration by a community who understood they brought medicine for everyone. If you feel winter clinging to your bones, if you carry your burdens with silence or shame, remember that your longing to be seen, held, and celebrated in the brilliance of your wholeness speak to your birthright as a human being. Tell your story. Reveal yourself to someone you trust. You are a person of worth and necessity who belongs here and is deeply needed exactly as you are. Bringing Myth to Life was presented by Nancy Alder. You can learn more about her work of exploring mystical, spiritual traditions in psychology with a focus on shamanic practice, shadow work, and applied mythology by visiting her website, innerwoven.net. Next up, a conversation with holistic wellness coach Alaya Wyndham about the benefits of meditation, the importance of self-care, and how ancient wisdom can help us in our pursuit of wellness. So let's talk about some of the work you do in the world. Um, There's Vital Vessel, there's coaching, there's energy healing, there's channeling. Can you share a little bit of what you're doing in the world? Absolutely. So I could say that all of my work kind of can be summed up with helping people get into energetic alignment. And I'm a body-focused practitioner, so my training is in holistic nutrition. And that's where I started, my coaching, my healing, all of that focused around food. And then I've expanded slowly over the last couple of years to include more modalities of healing. And basically, I feel my mission 
is to help bring wellness to the people and that wellness is a human right so that you know nobody based on their their income or where they live should be held back from being well so it's my goal to bring wellness to the masses basically so what prompted you to pursue this well i've had quite the health journey myself so i had a benign brain tumor moved from the base of my skull in 2016 and that was a huge catalyst for my own personal growth and my own healing journey of course so i had to treat myself as a patient for the first time um, and i really identified all the ways in which people that go through some sort of traumatic health condition are underserved you know and i have plenty of privilege and so i was able to take care of myself really well and i have the background knowledge of course to know what to do but i'm seeing everywhere that people go through these huge health experiences and they don't have the emotional support they don't have the community they don't have the understanding of how to feed themselves to heal from these major crises and so it just became this blaring obvious problem that I wanted to try to solve and I thought I've had this real life experience that I've gone through I have this protocol that I took myself through and it worked to make me feel healthy and strong and so I want to share that with everybody else so how did this approach this holistic self-care approach intersect or not with traditional medical care well, so I, you know, I very distinctly needed a surgery, right? I needed a 13 hour surgery that took a tumor out of the base of my skull. It was attached to my vagus nerve and it was attached to my jugular vein and a bunch of other cranial nerves. Um, and so it was a very scary and complicated surgery. It took an entire day and I, you know, that was a catalyst to my healing journey, which included all the other holistic practices. But of course, I needed that medical care. And I believe very strongly that when, you know, medical, traditional Western medical intervention is needed, of course, you should go for that. But I also believe that you have the power and the responsibility as an individual to kind of take charge of your own healing. So that's all the healing going into a major medical event and coming out of it. And again, it all goes back to this ancient knowledge mm. that has been buried literally as well as figuratively over the yeah. years as we mm -hmm. think we get smarter when in fact our our wisdom has always been in front of us whether it's the plants that we're growing the air yeah. we're breathing and stuff like that which is pretty cool mm -hmm. um do you use specific kinds of tools in your different variety of approaches can you talk a little bit about those tools Sure. I, I'm a tarot and oracle reader. I do daily readings on YouTube. Um, so I get a lot of uh, channeled information from the universe and the cards just help me bring that forth in a way that, you know, is meant to be heard by lots of people. It's a great tool. It's a great visual to have. I channel without them, but it's kind of a nice addition to tell a story for people. Um, as far as my own healing, I work with, you know, gemstones and essential oils. And of course, nutrition is a very big part of what I use to keep myself healthy, movement. Um, I meditate a lot. That's one of my biggest keys to success. And one of the biggest keys to health in general, I would say for sure, is to meditate as much as you can. Truth on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I started meditating, gosh, probably about four or five years ago doing a mm. very, well, a very difficult time, one of the difficult life transitions for me. Mm. And 
combined with going through perimenopause. Okay. Yeah. Double whammy. Okay. Double whammy. <laughs> and um, not really understanding, but having enough base knowledge to say, okay, there are resources out there to help me understand what might be happening. Um, mm -hmm. And then what are those tools? And one of the things that um, I learned about was a uh, MBSR mindfully based stress reduction meditation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and learning about that and applying it. And I don't do that uh, depth of meditation now, but mm -hmm. I do loving kindness, gratitude, mm. and things of that nature. And if I miss it for a day, yeah. I can it. Right? Isn't that amazing? How many, how often do you, you do it daily? I absolutely do it daily. On a good day, I can do it for like two or three hours. That's not very realistic for me because I have two small children. They're four and five of energy and the schedule for all of us is just quite packed but I usually tend to do mine at night which is a lot of people do theirs in the morning and I think that's great and I wish that I could but it just doesn't fit with my schedule so I just do what works for me yeah yeah I even if I can't get in the preferred 20 or 30 minutes mm -hmm. I do about 10 minutes and it's a part of my morning practices and yeah. so um that's that's become my self care approach. I have this mm -hmm. this practice of um, writing, um, affirmation reading. One mm -hmm. of my uh, favorites is Mark Nepo, um, mm -hmm. doing meditation and so forth. Um, I want to talk a little bit about how you recommend, whether through your own experience or mm -hmm. through your teachings, of how someone can welcome or have that level of discipline because it sort of is self-discipline in a mm -hmm. certain degree to ensure that we're recognizing self-love, which mm -hmm. then leads to self-care or vice versa. Sure. Well, I think with anything, you know, when you start something, it's going to feel harder. And as you keep going, you know, it's, uh, it's going to become easier and easier and more natural. When I first started meditating, I was overthinking and I was judging myself and it was hard for me to get through 10 minutes. And, you know, it's just making the commitment to yourself, really. Like start with one thing that feels healthy and nourishing for you. And don't judge the way that you're doing it, right? If you're trying to build a meditation practice and the app is telling you to sit still and to, you know, quiet your mind, maybe that doesn't work for you. So find a kind of meditation that works for you. Lie down if you want. I prefer to lie down. I think it's much more comfortable. I don't think I need the discipline of sitting straight up like a board to accomplish what I want to accomplish, right? So I go with what my body is craving. Again, tap into your intuition and do what feels yummy to you. Like do something actively that feels good and it's going to be easier to keep going. That would be my number one tip. And you know, yeah, go ahead. Th that makes total sense. Is concurring? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I guess it's really just knowing that, and and you know, you mentioned the affirmations and having a mantra or two that will help your mind click off. Essentially, like this, like I can't pour from an empty cup is one of my favorite mantras because I have a tendency to want to caretake for everybody and do all the things. You know, I'm kind of a spaz, and it's like. If I go too far without the self-care, I'm a mess and I'm not serving anybody else fully and I'm certainly not feeling good myself. 
So it's like, I can't pour from an empty cup. Find a mantra or two, post it on your mirror, somewhere you look every day, and it just that it will just click in your mind and you'll go, okay, yes, I'm taking this 10 minutes for me. So that sort of goes into my other question, which you mostly answered is that, you know, how to reconcile, um, whether it's internal or in this context that I'm trying to get to is external challenges of like, you know what, you know, that self-care, stop being, that's nonsense. You know, you're really <laughs> supposed to be helping other people namely women hear that message. Yes. And I'm wondering how you go through that process of reconciling, putting more of a focus on the self and outside of those mixed messages of that cultural messaging of, well, success is really material. It's mm -hmm. not all this yummy stuff. I'll use mm -hmm. your talk. <laughs> and, you know, the whole gender role, that's a huge question, but um, mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on that? I guess I would boil it down to being present and thinking about the idea of being present in every part of your life. Like if you are trying to do a lot of things and be ambitious and be successful, you will not be as successful if you're not present with each individual thing you're doing, including yourself. So it's more about compartmentalizing your energy in ways that you're present and focused with each task and knowing by, you know, trial and error experience that when you are focused and present with whatever you're trying to put out into the world or with your own self care, you will be successful and you will get each thing done more quickly and it will be better quality. If you're trying to do five jobs at once and like talk to your kids and edit a video and like you're going to feel erratic and distracted your work's quality is going to go down and like everyone else around you is going to be pissed off at you because you're not really paying attention to them. So it's just reminding yourself to be present, be present, be present in each individual thing. Makes total sense. <laughs> so we're talking um, a lot about um, individual work, what we do for ourselves in order mm -hmm. to be better in the world. How do you look at how the individual effort and the collective effort align in mm -hmm. order to be expansive? Well, I think it's, you know, it's important to start with yourself and to, to maintain your own energy field first and to know that, you know, we all have an aura around us, an energetic field that communicates with everybody else. So when we're in a better vibration personally, that's going to be communicating to other people around us. It's going to help them feel better. You know, it's healing to be around somebody who's energetically aligned and, and cared for. Um, it's a ripple effect. So you can lead by example. You can come with your good energy, your high vibration, if you want to call it that, and other people will start to model that around you. So it does have a very subtle ripple effect just by embodying who you are. But I, then I think it's really important to acknowledge that uh, community is a really key piece to being well. Like we are uh, creatures that like to communicate, that like to express. And so coming together in groups intentionally to discuss these sorts of things will, you know, create a bigger ripple, I would say, and be more of a catalytic energy. So when you have the intention to be well, and you're sharing that intention with other people, I think that's when you're going to start to see a lot, a lot of positive change happening around you. For more information about Aliyah's practices and wellness coaching, the website is aliyahwindham.com, and that's A-L-A- Y-A.
W-Y-N-D-H-A-M.com. Well, that's all the time I have for this episode of Broadband. Thanks to my guests and contributors. And I'm going to close out with a bit of a song by Whitney Balin. She's based up north in the state of Washington. And this is her song called Go. Have a great day and thanks for listening.